the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. The problem child, sometimes referred to as the strong-willed child, or maybe just the kid that can't stop misbehaving. Parents are frequently challenged by challenging children. But what to do, particularly in a day and an age when, quite frankly, many of the institutions that used to help support parents are either no longer available to you or, maybe worse yet, running contrary into the kind of values you're trying to teach your kid. What to do when it comes to raising challenging children? Joining me today in studio is Vern Tyler. He is the founder of Hosanna Homes and the Hosanna Parent Project. Vern, always great to see you. Always great to be here, Craig. This is becoming an increasing issue, and it's amazing. I think back to the series that was done by Dr. James Dobson, a focus on the family on the strong-willed child back in the 1970s. And I guess in retrospect, we would say, if you thought it was difficult raising children then, try raising kids in modern America today. And if it's difficult for children back then, it's geometrically more difficult for them today. So both parents and children experiencing a much more challenging future. A lot of this is culturally based. Huge. Some of it is institutionally based, and by that I mean either changes in attitudes in the public school system or even at the government level. See what we've witnessed over the last year or two on this entire gender identity issue, which I would imagine if parents and adults are arguing over this, if it's unsettled business in Sacramento in relationship to laws or even at the federal level, imagine what it's doing to a 13-year-old boy and girl who's dealing with some emotional problems, maybe has discipline issues, maybe comes from a pretty rough background or a unstable home. Now, all of a sudden, we force into the mix these other questions, which certainly the adults are not well-equipped to deal with them, seemingly. How can we imagine a 12- or 13-year-old, too? It's uh, tremendously challenging for our children today, and I think it's uh, compounded by the fact that we have so many broken homes. And uh, I have, uh, as a foster parent who's cared for over 800 children, my wife and I personally, plus thousands in the agency, I am shocked, saddened by the number of children that have to grow up with parents that have separated, divorced, remarried, and uh, each of those steps adds an additional area of confusion, tension, stress, uncertainty. So our children today are living in a culture that is profoundly mixed up, confusing, uh, gives very little stability, very little understanding. It adds a tremendous amount of confusion. We hear the stories about divorce rate in America. We know the percentage of children that, by the time they reach their early teens, wind up in a single-parent family. But what we don't often hear about are the other issues that exacerbate the environment for that child, meaning a parent that is irresponsible, 
uh, perhaps can't hold down a job, maybe worse yet, is involved in addictive behavior, drug abuse, things of this sort. So now suddenly the formative years when a child needs a sense of direction and stability and um, encouragement to embrace the proper values to be successful at life is literally robbed of all of that. Absolutely. Void, practically. And uh, I'm going to even go one step further. Not only void, but there's information uh, that's inconsistent, information that is uh, of so varied that you can't sense or get to a foundation where you can really begin to start building your life, understand uh, some of the very significant issues in life, uh, so it becomes very confusing. It becomes I, cyclical, too, doesn't oh, it? Yes, in, in other yes. words, th- th- this this sense of confusion that a young child has that they take with them into adult life, then they reach the stage where they themselves are getting married and having children, and suddenly now a lot of that behavior and confusion that was present in their childhood is now being replicated. In other words, they don't have a parent to model in their own life. How can they ever know how to properly parent their own children? Absolutely. Uh, Again, going back to foster children that I've had a chance to work with, one of the things that I've always, uh, in my home, and as I teach foster parents, I try to explain to them that uh, this is one of our primary goals, is to give the child a foundation and understanding something to go back to and say, okay, this is from which you can build. Uh, again, children in our culture today have no sense of uh, definition, of uh, certainty, of structure. Uh, everything seems to be relative, and it's kind of like uh, trial and error. And unfortunately, in life, when you make bad choices, the error is very significant. And our culture seems to become more confused. And like you said, this becomes a spiraling kind of of a uh, activity. Well, trial and error maybe is okay if you're a an amateur handyman who's trying to do an addition to the house, building it over the weekends. If you put up sections and the wall falls down, well, you can certainly take it apart and build it again. Uh, that's okay. But that's not necessarily the case when it comes to trial and error with our children, because the mistakes that we make can have an indelible impact on their life for years to come. And unlike an addition to your house, um, you can't build up a child, tear it down, and then rebuild it all over again. Right. That kind of goes to the motto of the Hosanna motto. It's better to build boys and girls than to mend men and women. Uh, That's very foundational. And, again, that's the philosophy of Hosanna Pathways, the philosophy that we try to do our parent project training, uh, is that you've got to get down to the basics and be consistent with that. That's a whole other issue, the consistency. And I think uh, culturally... Uh, consistency is not one of the things we look like in a life. It's kind of like it's always in transition, which means consistency isn't so much a part of transition. Uh, so uh, our culture seems to permit inconsistency, as though it may be even a virtue. I hate to call it that, but I think I can sense that in the kids that I work with and the families and the parents. So when I uh, try to do the parent project and teaching parenting skills, Uh, I probably have the greatest fear that I can give them good principles. I can teach them good strategies. But if you're an inconsistent person, uh, that's going to be very destructive. In fact, I will tell the parents, you know, if you want to come to my classes and if you don't understand that consistency is going to be probably the the basic 
uh, hallmark of what you've got to adjust to, you just will leave the class now. Because if you try to integrate these strategies into your home in an inconsistent basis, your kids are going to see that hypocrisy. And and it's only going to make matters worse. Not only is that an issue where we've elevated inconsistency. The only consistent these days is inconsistency. But there's the other issue at hand, too, where we have a sense of the desire for instant gratification. Uh, certainly, Madison Avenue has helped to encourage that. I mean, there's nothing funnier than to watch somebody stand in front of the microwave and say, boil, hurry up and boil, as we don't want to wait the two minutes for the water in the coffee cup to come to a boil, where our parents had to wait maybe a half hour for the pan to come to a boil over the uh, stove that was fired by wood. So that sense of wanting instant gratification and not being willing to make the sacrifice, demonstrate some patience, be consistent about what we do is not only problematic. But then, too, I have to wonder, uh, for decades it used to be joked that, well, the challenging thing with parents is that kids don't come with a manual. Mm -hmm. But at least we had one advantage, and that was for a good part of our history, we had mentoring. We had role models. We had, for the most part, parents that we could look to who raised us and say, okay, in this situation, what would mom or dad do? How was I raised? And then pass along those values, those principles, that fundamental understanding of what it means to be successful in life to our own kids. But as we've suggested at the opening remarks to the program today, uh, more and more that sense of mentoring isn't there. So suddenly now a young parent goes into the most important job they'll ever have, raising their kids. That's right. Not only absent the manual, but absent the mentor to know how to do this. That's a huge issue, and I don't think uh, the cultural track that we're on now that's going to improve any. My fear is it's going to tend to... Uh, fester and continue to get worse. Uh, And I uh, don't uh, look forward to the next generation having to face those kinds of prospects. Uh, But, you know, for those of us of faith, we've got to keep pushing forward. We've got to try to raise that standard and try to provide the kind of training for parents. And I don't think we as churches have done a very good job with that. You know, we'll teach uh, segmented principles, if you will, but not an overall kind of a strategy and concept uh, uh, foundational concept, which is hugely lacking, not only lacking in the general co- uh, uh, culture, but even in the culture within our churches. Uh, it's just not there. And I don't think that uh, a lot of our uh, staff people in churches feel comfortable with even doing that kind of training because they look at their own life and they see uh, the inconsistencies, if you will, in their own life. And, you know, I look at my family and my children, my grandchildren, many of my foster kids. Um, I just see the result of understanding those basic principles, enforcing them, being consistent in that enforcement, and the results are phenomenal. You know, my kids are all in their faith, my grandkids. Uh, They're in ministry. Um, That's unusual, and I thank God. I, you know, I've got to be very humble about something like this when God honors you with something like that. But I think the honor has come from understanding some of these concepts, and I'm thankful that God gave me that, that uh, illumination so that I could project that out to my family and 
hopefully teach others those science principles. We're here today in studio with Vern Tyler. Vern is with the Hosanna Parent Project. We'll take a brief time out, come back to more of our conversation, and most importantly, offer you some insights about how you can bring consistency into your own parenting as this edition continues. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. Today in studio, Vern Tyler. Vern is founder of Hosanna Homes and the Hosanna Parent Project, based right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And by the way, you can get more information on the web at hosannaparentproject.org. That's hosannaparentproject.org. We were talking about the importance of consistency in parenting Vern, just before the break, and certainly of the challenge that we see even within the church today, where the impact of divorce, the disintegration of the nuclear family um, has created an environment where people just don't feel secure or comfortable. Churches have perhaps, in a sense, um, abrogated the responsibility to be effective in not just the light portion of what we have been called to do, meaning outreach and evangelism, but the salt portion of what we have been called to do, that preservative of not just society and culture, but at the core, the family, as instituted and designed by very God himself. Now, that said, let's talk a bit about resources that are available to parents who recognize almost out the gate with the strong-willed child, the problem child, whatever you wish to define it, that they are in over their head. They really don't have the sense of anyone that they can turn to because of many issues that they had in their own family of origin. So they came up through a divorce. Uh, Maybe uh, dad was not present. There were challenges within the family. So absent the handbook or the, the manual, as we said earlier, and the mentoring, parents say, well, at the end of the day, what am I to do? Uh, since uh, Jim Thompson, uh, he's kind of uh, faded from um, the scene, I sense a huge vacuum. Now, there's still a lot of books and an awful lot that's written uh, about parenting, uh, and I try to read a lot of that as much as I, as I can. Uh, so there's some decent stuff out there, but again, it's so segmented that you don't really get an overview, and I think that's what's missing in my estimation is that uh, uh, as our cultures become so segmented, even our process of approaching something tends to be too segmented. We don't have an overview like we should have. And I think that's kind of with the church. You know, you'll have a sermon, which is a segment. (laughs) But where do you ever build the foundation? I remember growing up, I used to love the confirmation process. Why? It gave me a beautiful foundation. It wasn't, you know, you studied these various components that gave me a foundation. Uh, I don't really see that coming from the modern-day church as such. Uh, And that's the vacuum that the Hosanna Parent Project is trying to fill in our local area here. I go to churches, do a 8- to 10-week series within the church uh, to try to give that foundation. Uh, And I think this is critical also. One of the things that's in our modern uh, culture now is psychotherapy has become a big issue of uh, discussion. Uh, and entertaining it you know, in terms of, of using psychotherapy uh, is very appropriate. But if you don't have a foundation uh, to, on which you can build your uh, interventions, 
then you're only adding to the confusion in my estimation. So one of the things that, again, I try to do when I talk with with clinical therapists and things of this nature is talk with them and say, listen, what you need your families to do is get a foundation to begin with, and then you do your interventions, you've got something to build on. If you do your interventions with no foundation, it becomes an endless kind of a, of a trying to fill a bucket with all kinds of holes in it, and you just never get anywhere. Well, moreover, too, won't the experienced contractor tell you that it's not just important to have a solid foundation upon which to build the house, but the order and fashion in which that foundation is structured is critical as well, meaning that you have to clear the land first. Mm -hmm. You then have to get the land compacted and level, upon which then you begin creating the molds that you will pour the concrete into that will create the base of the foundation for the house. And then the sill plate goes on top of that. And in California, mm-hmm. we're earthquake country. The sill plate has to be bolted into the foundation. And from there, you begin the process of putting up the walls, putting up a roof, and so on. If we try to build a foundation and never bother to clear the land, and it's all rough and perhaps uh, unlevel, Uh, We'll find suddenly cracks in the foundation as the house begins to settle. If we haven't compacted the earth properly, there's a likelihood that the house could even begin to to tip over. So providing the foundation in the proper order is is equally important, is it not? Absolutely. And uh, again, that's where some training, some skill building is helpful. Uh, You know, we tend to parent based upon how we were parented. Our experience determines how we then can parent. So if our experience has been very limited uh, and uh, perhaps not having the kind of, kind of I'm going to refer to it as spiritual foundation that it should have, then uh, we're, the, the structure, the superstructure, is always going to be very fragile. And uh, we're going to have an awful lot of problems. That's identical to what I see here in our culture today, particularly our spiritual culture. Uh, I think it's the superstructure is very wobbly. Uh, again, it's because of the foundation. Uh, and I think even in the issue of salvation today, oftentimes to many churches, you just raise your hand, you know, accept Jesus Christ. Uh, while that's true, you better have a foundation behind that, because if you don't, when the storms start coming, you're going to wonder, gee, did I make the right decision? What did I make? The discipleship has to be a key component. Absolutely. 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 Recognizing this issue, we are about to begin a multi-part series here on KFAX uh, called simply the Hosanna Parent Project that will, over the next coming number of weeks, help to offer parents many of these foundational structural parenting principles that can be key toward not just addressing the child that is strong-willed or acts out, but quite frankly, many principles that can be of value for any parent of any child of any behavior pattern at any age. Yes. And again, it's an an effort, and I appreciate Keyfax's willingness to entertain this because I think it's tremendously needed out there, Craig. Uh, And I think uh, we're going to see the response um, to be very great uh, because I know it's needed. I get telephone calls, and I'm doing these uh, these sessions, these seminars all over uh, on a continual basis, and I have yet to have a parent walk away from those saying, gee, uh, this is going to be challenging to, to, 
to accomplish or I have fear that I'm not, I think they go away feeling very confident, feeling now they're finally equipped to address some issues with confidence. See, I think oftentimes we'll address issues, but the question in the back of our mind is just really the correct intervention. Is this really the correct way I even need to approach this thing? And you raised an interesting uh, early on in the segment about children and their spontaneous spontaneity that they want it now. Children never change. That's the way they've been since the beginning of time. That's the nature of a child. So we've got to understand the nature of the child, some of these basic issues so that we know how we respond. Uh, and that's one of the key things that we're going to teach is that, you know, children are going to uh, think and respond at one level, and we as adults who are mature are going to be thinking and reacting at a totally different level. And when we're uh, interacting at two different levels, what's going to be the result? Not going to be good unless we understand and that's the parent's responsibility to understand that, hey, my child is not the same level as I am. I'm far different. I think far differently. I respond far differently. So your response needs to be conditioned on how the child thinks. That's a key issue and one of those that we will uh, work with in the Parent Project training. Yeah, we're inclined to think, well, I was a child once. I know what this <laughs> is all about. And we forget just how long ago that was and how, over time, as we mature as adults, our approach to life, our cognitive skills, our approach to problem-solving changes radically. So uh, it's one thing to say, as Paul, when I was a child, I once thought as a child, I acted as a child, but now I put off childish things. And yet when it comes to parenting a child, you need to be able to get into their head. Absolutely. If you're going to impact their heart, you have to get into their head. Let's take a brief time out. We're going to come back as we uh, reveal a bit more about this new series that will begin here on KFAX, what you'll learn from it, and many of the valuable tools that will be available at your disposal. A brief time out. Back to more of our conversation with Vern Tyler of the Hosanna Parent Project. Information on the web at hosannaparentproject.org. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back to the conversation. We're in studio today with Vern Tyler, founder of Hosanna Homes and the Hosanna Parent Project. Uh, today's conversation introductory to a new series that we'll be launching here throughout every coming week here on Lifeline that is simply titled the Hosanna Parent Project that's going to put into your hands better understanding and many of the foundational principles and tools that you need based in Scripture to not just deal with the problem child or the strong-willed child, but for many parents raising children of any age to give you many of the foundational principles that perhaps you yourself never had access to or the advantage of learning. Vern, let's talk a bit about that in terms of much of what you're going to be sharing. Um, not only is born out of 30-something years, um, you and your wife, Judy, involved in foster parenting, over 800 children came through your doors down through that period of time. In addition, of course, you, you founded Hosanna Homes to help equip other people to become effective foster parents. You've raised a family of your own. And down through the years, of course, applying foundational biblical principles 
in dealing with any of those children, and particularly the problematic ones coming through um, the foster parenting system, um, has really brought you to the point where down through all of these experiences, the cumulative total has resulted in quite a pool of, of knowledge, hasn't it? Uh, yes. Uh, it's uh, very humbling. Uh, one of the things that uh, I have found, you used the term a, a minute ago, problematic kids. Um, and that's how we as a culture tend to look at so many of our children. Um, but these kids actually, from a generational standpoint, again, their basic motivation is the same. Uh, and kids, like the responding, they want it now. Uh, there are a number of things that when we're smaller, we, you know, we're very selfish, we're very greedy, uh, we want to be served first. There are just a number of things that are, this is human nature. Uh, and yet we as parents think that we can control those kinds of things. We don't control anything. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, we can have some control when the children are in our immediate presence because we're generally bigger, have some authority. But once those children are out of our eyesight, and I remember even as a good kid myself, I don't think I was a problem child, but I did many things, perhaps daily, that I would not have done in front of my parents. So my parents did not control me. We don't have control over our children. That's got to be one of the first understandings that we know. Um, and, this, and uh, you know, basically the same thing is true with God, with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't control us. He gives us what the responsibilities are. We suffer the consequences. That's traditionally what will happen. But one of the key things that we as parents have to understand is what motivates our children. Very few parents are going to stop and think about that. But I don't care an adult, if you're an adult and in a career, if you're going to be a salesman, you better understand the motivation of your buyer. If you don't understand the motivation of your buyer, you're probably not going to sell your product. Or you're not going to sell as well as you could. Same way with parenting. If we don't understand the human nature of our children, understand how they think, why they act, then we're never going to be able to uh, influence them the way that we can. Again, we can't control them. We can control them to the extent, the older they get, the harder they are to control. Why? Because they're getting as big as us. We don't have the physical ability to control them. And they know that mentally they begin the process, oh, you know, that we are limited in how we can control. Uh, so we, I try to deal with in the instruction here, getting back to the very basic human nature, the sinful human nature, the nature of wanting to be our own God. Uh, then we build off from that and how we're going to handle the discipline issue. Punishment just does not work. It only exacerbates. It creates additional. It compounds the problem. Uh, so one of the things that I'm going to be teaching parents is uh, get away from punishment. Get into that motivational mode, and you will see huge changes in how your children respond to you. And not only how they respond to you, but whether or not they even want to be around you. Uh, so it's such a foundational issue, but one so misunderstood or not understood at all, uh, even in our spiritual culture. So these are huge issues, and once you come to understand that, you'll be amazed at how you can work with your children. Again, not control them. It should not be your motivation to control. If you're going to be tra- controlling, you're not going to help them to mature. You're not going to help them to grow up appropriately. But if you understand how to motivate them, now you found the key to their life. Well, the other thing, too, I would imagine there are some eavesdropping on our conversation today that are looking forward to the series that might be thinking, yes, and you know, there's just a lot of bad habits that my child needs to unlearn, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> but the reality is that a lot of the bad habits come from the parenting side, don't they? It's interesting because when I start 
uh, one of these series the first time, the first subject, in fact, I will tell the parents uh, this, and I can see them look for the door right quickly. I'll say, I know why you're here. You want to change the behavior of your children. But let me tell you something. This is very basic, and if you're not prepared for this, there is the door. You need to change first. If you don't change, don't expect your children to change. You're here because your children have learned behaviors, and they've been reinforced in those behaviors for, pick your years, how old is your child? You have allowed your child, and you have empowered them to develop these behaviors. Now you want to blame the child? Well, you have need to hold the child accountable, but you allowed, you perpetuated, you empowered your child to get to this particular point. So now we've got to go back, and you have to change your life. And one of the key things we're going to talk about is consistency and being polite, being respectful. If I were to call your children in here first and have an interview with your children, if I were to ask them, your parents respect you, they're probably going to say no. Well, respect begets respect, disrespect begets disrespect. So the child is disrespected. What can the parent expect? Disrespect. You've modeled it. End of story. So, and then, too, <laughs> a relationship that is based on fear, a relationship that is based on uh, the parent consistently or inconsistently reacting to the child's behavior that is punishment-driven, mm-hmm. we, we're really setting up ourselves for failure here because at the end of the day, as adults, we're certainly not motivated by punishment and fear. If we're motivated, it's only for a season, and it's only as part of that fight-flight reaction. But after a while, you're going to come to be angry. You're going to come to resent it. And if your boss, for example, is consistently trying to motivate you through fear and forceful discipline, after a while, you're going to rebel and say, that's That's it. I'm out of here. So I wonder why it is that we expect our children to have any different reaction if we were to put ourselves under the same set of circumstances as adults. It's not logical. And when you when I confront the families like that, I can just see their their fate. Oh, my goodness. What have I done? Mm-hmm. And uh, then I have to go on and explain to them. Now, you know, our minds are like a computer. Um, what's programmed in that mind has to be deprogrammed. And there's a real need. I don't know if you've seen it or not, or the public, but go to YouTube. It's called Backward Brain Bicycle. Take a look at that. It'll make you stop and think, oh, my golly. Uh, You know, if my brain can't learn to ride a bicycle differently, uh, then what are the implications for other activities in my life? Uh, It's very illuminating. And then parents will begin to realize, and I will have to tell them, I'll say, listen, when you've trained your child for 13, 14, 15 years to to um, uh, behave like this, and you have, even though you've tried to change them, but that your your effort, the way that you, the strategies that you use only drove them further into that, into that resistance and that rebellion. How, for you to expect that you're going to be able to change the behavior of your child is probably beyond reality, unless there's a miraculous intervention, which the God can, you know, and that's why we pray for our children. 
um, and uh, uh, and try to put biblical principle into their life. But uh, for parents to assume that they can change all of these bad behaviors uh, with strategy, it's not going to work. There's going to take time. It's going to take time. Uh, I'm not going to hold out some kind of a uh, of a fantasy that I can give you a strategy that's going to change. No. You've got to reprogram your child's computer, that memory, if you will. And, and that's going to take time. Part of this is logic, too, is it not, Vern, in the sense that uh, any adult knows that to change bad behavior, whether it's an inability to get out of bed on time, to be at work on time, or to push back from the table and not overeat, or to kick a cigarette habit, whatever the case might be, um, you've got to do it more than once. You have to be consistent about it, you have to be patient, and you have to understand that it takes time to develop a bad habit, and it takes time to undevelop that bad habit. So the same thing is true when it comes to our children. It's harder to undevelop than it is to develop. That's another principle that we have to understand and are going to be worked on here. Uh, Particularly, if you develop the right habits in a young child, you don't have to worry about the wrong habits. Unfortunately, if you don't develop the right habits, they're going to develop the wrong habits, and you not knowing how to work with that are going to allow that to happen. And then when they reach 13, 14, 15, and are in a real bit rebellious stage and saying, I can't take it anymore, uh, you're just not going to – the likelihood of changing that child without a miracle, <laughs> uh, you can over time gradually make those changes to that computer, their mind, uh, but that is a that's a very challenging process, and uh, it, it requires unbelievable patience. Uh, but again, in order to make that change, you, I've still got to take you back to the motivation. You're not going to make any change in that child unless you understand what motivates that child, and then you've got to make adjust your strategy to that motivation. That's going to give you success, a limited success perhaps, but it's going to give you success. And that's what we all look for. Uh, you know, we love that tremendous miracle where we get a, turnal, uh, a total turnaround, but the likelihood of that isn't like it's going to be a slow, progressive process. It's very patient. But uh, let me give a word of encouragement to the parents that are out there. Folks, if you love your children, you've got to be patient, and that's what you want to see in them. We as parents are responsible for the children that we've got. We've conditioned them. We've brought them to the point. Now, I know there are exceptions. There can be a lot of uh, other extenuating circumstances that can cause behavioral issues. But basically, I'm going back to the basics. We have raised the children that we've got. We've allowed them to develop the behaviors that they uh, show. Uh, That's going to be a long process to turn them around and try to develop good behaviors. But as loving parents... That's what we're here for. That's what we should desire to do. And I've not seen a parent yet that doesn't do that. Uh, but we need to realize it's not going to be a, an instantaneous progress process. It's going to take time. Let's take a time out. We're going to come back to more of our conversation with Vern Tyler, founder of the Hosanna Parent Project. Information available on the web at hosannaparentproject.org. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 
Welcome back to the discussion. Vern Tyler is with us today. He, of course, is founder of Hosanna Homes and the Hosanna Parent Project. We're about to launch a multi-week series here on Lifeline that specifically will help put into your hands as a parent the kind of knowledge, understanding, foundational skills, and tools to not only train up a child in the way he or she should go, but to help to untrain some of the bad habits that they've learned down through the years and, and retrain them um, so that not only can you bring about a greater sense of harmony in your household, but ultimately raise the kind of kids that you'll be proud of. Let's talk about some of the things that you're going to be discussing over the coming weeks. And as we do so, Vern, uh, just give us a brief overview. Um, week by week, what are some of the broader topics that you'll be addressing? We're going to start out uh, trying to reveal the issue that we do not control children. That's one of the key things in the parent project curriculum that uh, we need to understand. Uh, that's going to go contrary to most people. If you were to ask them, you know, what's your purpose? <laughs> uh, parenting is synonymous with control, basically. Uh, and unfortunately, we've allowed the culture to identify what we mean by uh, parenting and controlling. And in today's environment, there's not a whole lot of control that is... Uh, encouraged, supported, uh, or identified. Uh, it's more like we provide an environment, which is true, and uh, we hope that the child is going to flourish. We're going to have enough professional people, teachers, Sunday school teachers, uh, people that will influence the child sufficiently where they'll grow up appropriately. But we don't have uh, an understanding of the foundation. Uh, we don't understand uh, human nature. So we tend to control, which is contrary to the, to the biblical concept of grace, of, um, of God not controlling us. He gives us free will, free choice. Uh, and these are concepts that we as parents can embrace and instill in our kids and help them not only secular, but in the spiritual realm. Uh, they're concepts that go hand in hand and only help the child understand <laughs> much better how these things work and how, how they're integrated. Um, one of the key things that we're going to be developing in that control issue is the issue of respect. That's probably foundational. Uh, if I were going to give you some words that would see what we're going to cover, control, uh, respect, uh, and consistency are going to be the three things that I just push hugely in every lesson, in every series, in every unit. But we're going to be talking about respect. Again, re respect begets respect. Disrespect begets disrespect. And this isn't only with our children. This is even in our marriages. This is in our business relationships. This is in our social relationships. Uh, if we can respect one another, then we can get respect, and we can demand respect, or demanding whether we're going to get it or not is one thing. But if you don't get it, uh, then there's, I think, a natural inclination for anybody that uh, we engage with they do not want to be disrespected they want to they want to be respected and they want to issue respect but unfortunately i see disrespect far overpowering respect in our in our homes in our culture in our marriages um so i think respect is one of those issues that i really really uh, uh heavily uh, push on uh, or try to integrate into the curriculum uh, we're going to do some uh um, peer issues dealing with our children and peer issues. Uh, 
big issue, bullying on the computer, um, even within families, peer bullying. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, drugs, addictive things, um, why they come about, how we can address them. Uh, we're going to be talking about family issues, structure, expectations. We'll be dealing with the issue of what is the greatest three words that in every culture and every language have the most significance, and that's I love you. You know, we're going to be dealing with how important it is for our children to express in words and in actions the I love you message. There are a number of others units that are, I try to consolidate uh, down to eight units what we're going to be going through. Uh, and I try to be sure that families get a chance between weeks. I expect them to go out and integrate that into their behavior and their families. So one week, whatever the topic is, they're going to have basically some homework, go home, and try to implement that in the family. Uh, oftentimes that's a very frustrating process because that's not what the family's used to. All of a sudden you're changing uh, kind of the rules. So they come back and they're going to be uh, a lot of questions. It'd be some uh, uh, issues perhaps of, uh, of um, feeling that you're being, uh, a resistance is coming back. Uh, and you're going to have that. And I try to prepare them for that, but uh, even then they're still going to, when, it, when the rubber hits the road, it can be a whole other thing. They come back and you know, we sit down and we encourage one another, sure, and how are we going to handle it differently? Um, but I think those are the, the key issues uh, that are there. There are a lot of minor other issues that are going to come up. And I try to entertain a lot of questions from the families, uh, particularly when it deals with specific events that come along. Uh, when we're not used to the, the kind of curriculum that I'm going to be sharing with uh, individuals, uh, people um, don't know what to expect. <laughs> and usually, even in their, in their normal environment, when a child tends to push back, we don't want to confront. We want to walk away. Uh, one of the key things that families walk away from, and I would say this is probably when I get my responses at the end of seminars, what was the most meaningful to you? One of these is you don't argue anymore in your family. Arguments are all over. And it's very basic, very easy to do. But most families say, oh, my God, this is the thing we have most. Everything turns into an argument. Well, you allow everything to turn into an argument. That's why it turns into an argument. And, again, if you put respect, love, and put some of these qualities, these virtues that I'm talking about into place in your family, um... You just are not going to have a, a home in chaos anymore. I can tell you, again, with dealing with six foster kids in my home at all the time, plus my three biological kids, you wouldn't come in my home and see any chaos. You wouldn't see arguing. You know, once it began, I recognized what's happening, and I addressed the issue using that respect concept. And I would say within three or four days, any new kid in my home is going to understand Vern is not going to argue. Burns not going to cut me down. Uh, I sense I have a worth here. I have a value. Um, he will listen. Uh, he may not agree with me, but at least he'll listen. And he'll tell me that, you know, that he appreciates my input. Uh, but my home is always calm, even with the many, many, many bodies that we got running around. You don't hear the arguing. You don't hear see kids out of control. You see the respect happening, and uh, that's what families I. You know, if you do, you come and you participate right. This is what you're going to see. We are going to come out of a parent project seminar. 
We're going to begin the series next week here on KFAX, and we'll run over multiple weeks. We encourage you along the way, if you have any questions for Vern, you can simply email comments at kfax.com. That's comments at kfax.com. Now, understand that much of what we'll be doing in the radio series is intended to be an overview, sort of a way to kind of whet your appetite. For many parents, they'll say, I need something deeper, I need something more intense, and so toward that end, you can get information about attending a Hosanna Parent Project seminar series at a church near you. Simply go online to hosannaparentproject.org. That's hosannaparentproject.org. And I would imagine, Vern, for many, as they get through this series, will say, gee, this is great stuff. We need to bring this into our own church. How can we get a series like this for the parents in our church? And that's available through your website as well. Yes. Uh, and I enjoy uh, going out to other churches. In fact, I would prefer that. And from that standpoint, I want to suggest something to anybody, any pastor or any church that may be listening. Um, by experience, I find that 80%, at least a minimum of 80% of those that attend the Parent Project Seminar are unchurched. They pick it up from the uh, www.parentproject.com website where we've got it scheduled part of the national uh, schedule. And so uh, majority of the families that I find come to the churches where I have these seminars are unchurched. And what is uh, amazing is they have no idea how the truth of the parenting mimics the truth of the Bible, as God is our father and we are the father of our own biological children. And they can put those two together and... Uh, In just about all the cases, I see that those families will start going to the church where the seminar is being held. So it's a tremendous community outreach opportunity, tremendous. And again, you can get more information on the web at hosannaparentproject.org. That's hosannaparentproject.org. Well, Vern, next week we're looking forward to the beginning of the series. And, of course, we'll mention for listeners that uh, we'll be slowly posting this to the KFAX podcast. So if you miss a particular week, you can go back and review that. I would also encourage you to, as we go along in the series, weekly download the podcast, build a library, and then you and your spouse can sit down together, listen to the teaching, and begin building layer upon layer, as we spoke earlier about the foundation, precept upon precept, as you understand many of these biblical principles toward parenting your child. Information again on the web at hosannaparentproject.org. That's hosannaparentproject.org. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.